1: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Seton, what if
2: I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth
3: bacon? You must be talking about Wright brand bacon Mm -hmm. because they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's
2: thick cut, hand trimmed and real would smoke real and you could tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try right brand bacon. That's called right brand bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way.
4: Unlock your engine's full potential with shell V power nitro plus premium gasoline removing up to 100% of performance-robbing deposits with continuous use in gasoline direct-injection engine fuel injectors. Rejuvenate your engine's performance and discover unbound capabilities. Fuel up at Shell today and download the Shell app for added benefits. Plus, with the Fuel Rewards app, start saving on every fill-up. As a Platinum member, enjoy $0.10 off per gallon daily. Just six fill-ups with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Plus can elevate you to a platinum status. Fuel up at Shell and unleash your engine's true power with Shell V Power Nitro Plus. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Let me start with uh, basketball last night. I don't know if we'll ever see Steph Curry in an NBA Finals again because the Warriors are at the crossroads. I thought that they had a great chance to compete for the championship this year if everybody was healthy. Clay Thompson, of course, is not. But the Warriors are at a crossroads right now, the nucleus of the championship team getting older, and they haven't been able to stay healthy. But last night, Steph Curry gave us a not-so-subtle reminder of what he's capable of. First, he hits the final shot to beat Mike Conley in the three-point shooting contest. Then he decides to extend his range to half-court in the actual game, hitting a couple of multi, multi multi-long-distance bombs. And he's had such a huge impact on the sport. And you've heard me talk about this. I think he's the most influential basketball player as far as the playing of the game in the last 30 years. And yes, that factors in Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Everybody shoots threes. Everybody thinks they can shoot threes. And they're going deeper and deeper and deeper. But Curry's the OG. And he shooting from the logo. Jerry West may be the logo. Steph shoots from the logo. And last night he reminded everybody he's the best shooter of all time. And I know it sounds like hyperbole or recency bias, but the numbers back it up. He's a player for the history books and it's a joy to watch him while we still can at the top of his game. He didn't have to take part in the three-point shooting contest. I think this was Steph's way of saying, I don't know this, but just my feeling. Hey, don't forget about me. We might not be playing for championships. We may not be on national TV anymore. Last year, bad year. But, hey, I'm still around. And he should have been the MVP last night. The Greek freak was 16 of 16. And, uh, you know, I get it's an all-star game. He banked in a couple threes. It's happened before where you've had a player have a perfect game. Will Chamberlain did it twice. He went 18-for-18 one game, and he went 16-for-16 one game. Back then, they actually played a little more defense back in the 60s in the All-Star game. Last night, it's just basically sort of an and-one game, but fun to watch. Damian Lillard is fascinating as well. I, I love watching Steph, but it's strange to say if a game was on the line and you said, all right, I got somebody who's got to hit a big shot. I might lean towards Damian Lillard. May sound blasphemous after what I said about Steph Curry, but Damian Lillard just has something. There's always going to be a chip on his shoulder. Always. Because he you know, didn't, wasn't heavily recruited. Weber State had a nice tournament run. Wasn't an all-star until I think his fourth year in the league. He plays in Portland. People forget about him. Not on national TV. But man, when it comes to daggers... He's not afraid. And he loves the moment. And so does Steph Curry. But I want to give credit to both of them because I think they're fabulous players. I think Dame gets left out of the picture a little bit there. But, you know, he's one of those guys when you watch, you go, oh, that's right. Steph, you don't go, oh, I remember he can shoot really well. But watching last night, it was just, I'm going to give LeBron credit for being a great GM as he. You know, he, those were his picks to be able to build the team. And you could tell there's certain players who just sort of wanted to be out there but didn't really want to be out there. Luca was just sort of, hey, I'll pass the ball. LeBron was passing the ball. Uh, Chris Paul wanted to make sure that people remember that Chris Paul is a Hall of Famer and can play at a very high level. Had 16 assists last night. Um, but it was fun. You know, it's back and forth. It's a shame that you didn't have Joel Embiid Ben Simmons able to play. You nearly had a barber who took down the Super Bowl. And you nearly had a barber taking down the All-Star game with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. We'll come up with a poll question. Got a play of the day. Got a couple of stats of the day as well. Got a little information on Russell Wilson to share with you. Not much, but something interesting. Also, I just got this from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. The storyline to follow going forward is if the official salary cap number doesn't come today and soon, the NFL will have to move back the trade, uh, the uh, tag deadline, franchise tag deadline to Tuesday, from Tuesday to, I'll get it right, that it's supposed to be on Tuesday. They'll have to move it back from Tuesday. It's a situation several GMs are bracing for, according to Ian Rappaport, and would further stall business for a bit. But, Tomorrow is the deadline to franchise tag a player. McLeven.
5: what do you have for me today? Okay, All-Star Weekend question. Would you rather win the three-point contest, the dunk contest, or the All-Star Game MVP?
4: I would rather win the All-Star Game MVP. Because you're an All-Star? Yeah. I mean, you're playing against everybody. Not everybody was in the three-point shooting contest, and nobody knew who was in the dunk contest. How can you have somebody in the dunk contest who doesn't have a dunk this year? Cassius Stanley was in the dunk contest. He doesn't have a dunk this year.
5: Yeah, McLovin. But Curry won both. What well, could have won both. Yeah. So he almost had the choice. See, I don't think anyone ever remembers. I can't name another All-Star game MVP. I
4: Well, we do remember the three-point shooting contest back when Larry Bird put up his crooked finger. He, you know, famously said to everybody who's uh, who's playing for second in the locker room prior to the start of that. Um I don't know who won it last
5: year. Feel like Giannis has never missed a shot in the All Star Game, so probably him. Uh, no, we not in the three point.
4: No, I'm talking about three point shooting contest. Oh, last year, Buddy Healed. I heard them say. Okay, it. yeah, yeah. Now the Greek Freak should not be shooting threes. He should not. And the more I watched him last night, the more I don't want him on the perimeter. I would just set him low and just say go, just turn. Nobody can guard him down low. On the perimeter take the jumper all day. Now I I know that he he uses that sort of to get to the hoop, but you know, at some point somebody's going to go, not everybody should be shooting threes. How about we dominate down low? How about we get you in foul trouble? How about we take advantage of the skill set of our players instead of everybody's got to shoot a three. I will say this, I and I did think this last night. Steph Curry probably made life really, really difficult for some grade school coaches, some high school coaches, some college coaches after last night's performance. Because I could just about guarantee you at today's practices with these kids, they're all going to be shooting out there. All you have to do is go to a game, fifth graders, sixth graders, they are launching it. There's none of this get the ball inside Everybody wants to be Steph Curry. And watching those shots last night, first thing I thought of is those aren't easy shots from from a strength perspective. Damian Lillard and Steph Curry are not big guys. But they're shooting jumpers. It used to be a half-court heave. We would use the word heave. I'm surprised when they miss. And if you go out just to the court, even if you can't get the shot up there, just go out and and go back to where they're shooting from and realize
5: that's a special,
4: special trait. Uh, What else do you have, McLevin?
5: Okay, Blake Griffin. Are the Nets the favorite in the East or overall? Which is a better poll question?
4: Well, I don't know if Blake Griffin makes them, you know, changes anything as far as are they the favorites. I... I I would put them as the favorites right now in the NBA. But that's because I don't know Anthony Davis. Is he going to be in and out of the lineup the rest of the season, second half? I I still like what the 76ers are doing. But I think in fairness to Doc Rivers and that team, I want to see are they going to be consistent second half of the season, ready to go in the postseason? Uh, You know, it comes down to the Nets. Is everybody going to stay healthy? They don't have a lot of depth, but they – they obviously have you know three powerful players there and look i think Kyrie Irving can be wacky but i also think he can be stunningly brilliant as a basketball player that handle is the best handle i've ever seen it is and and now there's there's a lot of players who have had great handles you know Iverson had a great handle Uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf had a great handle. I mean, there's so many players in the history of the game. Kyrie in traffic, that ability in small spaces, second to none. And there is that, oh, that's right, Kyrie can be uh, spectacular. But this is going to come down to everybody stays healthy. It comes down to Kevin Durant. If Durant's healthy with James Harden in the East, no, I still like their chances to get to the NBA Finals. With Kyrie playing like Kyrie circa a couple of years ago when they beat Golden State, yeah. Then I, I, I like what the Nets are doing. Blake Griffin is only 31. And I say only 31, he came into the league, he was 20. But he's an old 31. I don't think he's dunked in a game in over two years. <laughs> How is that possible? That's what he was known for. And he came out, he was explosive. But he got injured his first year, but he came out of Oklahoma. And I remember we had him on maybe after his freshman year, during his freshman year. And he had that ability where you said if he gets a mid-range jumper, he's going to be unstoppable. And then he kind of moved out to the three-point line, as everybody does. But now he goes to the Nets. I don't know what he can give the Nets. It's, it sounds good, looks good on paper, but when's the last time you talked about Blake Griffin doing anything on the
2: basketball floor? Been a long time. Yeah, Paul. Blake's first five years in the pros, he was a five-time All-Star. He attempted less than half a three per game. He never took threes. Uh, two years ago in Detroit, he was averaging seven three-point attempts per game. Seven. Yeah. What are his numbers in Detroit. This year, he's averaging about 30 minutes a game, 12 points, and five rebounds. Yeah.
5: yeah. I guess it's a nice pickup. He doesn't play D. He'll be a perfect net. Yeah. Yes, McLovin. Forget Blake, but how... this? You know, you say Kyrie's a great ball handler. So is James Harden. So is Kevin yeah. Durant. But how does that all mesh together? I still don't totally get it. Because there's only one ball. So well, they can't all handle it.
1: Well,
4: Kyrie, to me, is, is the interesting one to watch. Because... He, he's the two-guard now. Harden is your point guard. He will pass. You know, Kyrie may not have to pass as much or be expected to pass as much. How does the guy who has the ball that much average five assists a game? That I don't understand. But, KD, it, it feels like there's a common goal that they have, that it's not one of those identity crises where I got to be a star. Who's the star? Who's taking the last shot? As long as you don't have the egos that clash then it'll all work together. Uh, I think they'll actually go out and have fun playing basketball. Because a lot of times, I can't imagine playing for Greg Popovich is fun. I mean, there's certain coaches where I go, that's not fun. Doc Rivers, I'd probably have some fun there. Steve Nash, probably have some fun there. But do you want to have fun or do you want to win? And that's where they have to make sure that, hey, the common goal is to win. Not treat every night as an all-star game.
5: Yes, McLeod. So, where does Steve Kerr fit? Is he more the fun or the Popovich guy?
4: Uh, he's fun
5: because of their style of offense. Well, that's what you want. Yes, you want your. Je- I heard well, the jealousy when you're talking about the range kids are shooting with these days. Well, who wouldn't want that,
4: right? Who wouldn't want to play for the Golden State if, if you know, you're allowed to shoot? Well, you got to make them though. I mean, there are a lot of, somebody will say, man, that guy's a great shooter. And I'll go, is he a great maker? That's what I want to know. Because I was a great shooter. I didn't always make them. I mean, I look good. It doesn't mean it. they went in. This program brought to you by Built Bar, 16 grams of protein, low calorie, low carb, and it tastes great. Doesn't taste like packing peanuts. It tastes better than a candy bar, to be honest with you. I'm always honest with you. Go to BillPar.com, promo code DP20, 20% off your first order. All
5: right, are we going to settle on a poll question? Well, I have one more topic. It's NFL, and I, I could save it. But the, I want to pull a question around, do you value first-round picks if you're trying to get a guy like Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson? No. Or they're just out the window, right? Yeah. If
4: you can get your guy, get your guy. That's why when I looked at this package with the Chicago Bears of what they might offer, because – I learned yesterday the four teams that are on Russell's list are not getting phone calls back. At least I was told by, you know, somebody with one of the teams are like, we've called, we don't get any calls back. So not like, you know, the Bears go, hey, we're going to offer you Khalil Mack, Nick Foles, and a couple of uh, draft picks here. They haven't, it's like playing tennis, but there's nobody at the other side. You're going, hey, I, I hit it back to you. Are you going to call us? But do if I'm Seattle, I I don't want Khalil Mack. I don't want Nick Foles. I, I don't want a scattering, smattering of a first round or second round. I don't give me younger, cheaper people and give me some draft picks here. Like why would I do? If I'm the Bears, what can I possibly give you? Just tell us what you want. That's what I. That's where I would start. If I'm the Bears. But, but if I'm Seattle, like why am I trading him to Chicago where he wants to go and we're not getting what we, we really need here? I mean, do you think Pete Carroll at age 69 goes, Nick Foles, hey, he won a Super Bowl in Philly. He doesn't want to do a rebuild and then you're going to get Khalil Mack? No. Doesn't make sense at all. The teams that make sense are the teams that are not on Russell Wilson's list the Jets, and the Dolphins. I can get Sam Darnold, and I can get draft picks. I can get Tua, I can get draft picks. You got to look at, we always look at it from one angle. Like, uh, hey, Russ with the Bears, would they be Super Bowl contenders? Yeah, I mean, wishful reporting. How about we look at it from Seattle's perspective? $39 million cap hit. who's our quarterback, Geno Smith? And you're going to give me some draft picks that we gave up to get Jamal Adams? I wouldn't do it. But but if you said to me, Pete Carroll or John Schneider, their GM, to the Jets, not that Russell wants to go to the Jets, at least I don't think he does, what will you give us? Give you Sam Darnold? Give you the second pick overall? We'll give you Quinn and Williams, and we'll give you two other first-round draft picks. Okay. Now, you if I'm Seattle, all right, I got my quarterback in Zach Wilson. No relation to Russ. I got a rookie contract here.
5: I'm good. But that's not going to happen. Yeah, McLovin. Well, it's a little tricky with Miami and New York. Do you want Darnold and do you want Tua? Or do you just want to draft a guy and not have to deal with like a two-headed situation?
4: Well, I have to consider both if I'm Seattle. But it, it's not happening because Russ has a no-trade clause. Uh, he's he not going to the Jets. He's not going to the Dolphins. I don't think he's going anywhere. I truly believe this year he plays in Seattle. Also, keep an eye on free agency. Does does Seattle do anything for Russell? And if they don't, then what happens? Do they go out and sign some linemen? Usually what they do is they sort of wait for linemen to become available. They don't necessarily go out and get those linemen. Do they draft some? I don't know. But that to me is the key with Russell Wilson moving forward is, what do they do in free agency? And I don't know what Seattle's philosophy is, but it feels like that philosophy is whatever Pete Carroll wants to do. Because Pete Carroll answers to no one in that organization. And this might come down to a clash of egos, personalities, with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. We may find that out after the fact. that those two, what started out as a wonderful story, where Pete goes, hey, we just signed Matt Flynn. We overpaid. We drafted you. You're our starting quarterback. And then we saw what happened after that. Do I think Russ is there after the following season? I do not. This season, I do. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app.
1: Terms and conditions apply. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I think I would. I don't think
2: I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could.
3: You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, Turns out, nope, I was wrong. Hmm. Because then I tried right brand bacon, and honestly...
4: Perfect companion for uh, us grill masters across the United States. This past weekend, even Mother's Day, I'm treating myself while I'm treating my wife for Mother's Day. Out there cooking, and I've got my Miller Lite, my friend right there with me. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. It's You can't debate it. I would try it. would No, least. you can't. Taste as great as the barbecue you're making. The beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It tastes like a beer, less filling, only 96 calories with a Miller light in hand. Grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time to get Miller Lite delivered to your door. Visit Miller slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer, celebrate responsibly Miller brewing company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces. We were talking a little bit about Blake Griffin going to Brooklyn. He doesn't play defense. He hasn't dunked since 2019. He shoots some threes. He's only 31. I guess he gives them a little more spacing on the offensive end. And a bench guy, serviceable big guy. You know, when they lost Jared Allen, um, you know, you lost that rim protector. Blake Griffin's not that rim protector. But, you know, it sounds impressive. You got Blake Griffin. Howard Beck, Sports Illustrated senior writer co-host of the Crossover Podcast, joining us uh, on the program. Howard, let me start with that. Give me the logic behind the Nets picking up Blake Griffin. Good
6: morning, Dan. Um, Listen, I I think – let me address what's not the logic behind it. This (laughs) is not the Nets loading up on yet another all-star to join Kyrie and James Harden and KD and DeAndre Jordan. People are talking about, well, five years ago, could you imagine these guys all together? Yeah, yeah five years ago, these guys weren't the same guys. Well, three of them were. Um, DeAndre Jordan's not that guy anymore. And Blake Griffin's not the guy that he was when he was playing with DeAndre Jordan for Lob City in LA. He, uh, We have a very small sample size, Dan, of what Blake Griffin did in Detroit this season. And I, I'm, I'm wavering between looking at that sample size and saying, wow, I think Blake Griffin might be done versus Blake Griffin is on a young rebuilding team in which he is no longer a focal point at all. And they've got nothing to play for. And maybe there's a second wind for Blake Griffin with a team that matters. And he's joining one now, but I will tell you, Dan, about a month ago when all the chatter first started about, they're going to try to trade Blake Griffin, which was never realistic. They're going to cut him loose. Whatever's going to happen. I checked in with some scouts and they basically said, look, it's painful to watch him. I, I can't watch him. It's it's he's that far from what he was. What can he still do? He's a really good passer for a big. He can hit the mid range uh, shot. He's a good mid range shooter when he's got his lift, when his legs are there. I just don't know what's left after all the injuries he's been through. And yeah, thirty one is young for this, even in this league. But as you know, Blake Griffin's just been through so much in terms of surgeries and injuries and. I don't know what's left. I honestly don't. But the Nets were really thin in the front court, and now they're a little less thin.
4: Watching the game last night, everybody loves the three. And I, I went back and I, I asked uh, Stats Inc., could I get a, a summary of the game of how many layups and dunks and how many threes, how many mid-range jumpers were there last night? There was <laughs> one mid-range jumper last night. Do you, can you see a scenario, though, Howard, where somebody is going to be counterintuitive to the three and all of a sudden just go, we want you to deal with our strength, which might be low post, you know, that you actually use a big man as a big man. Or are we, are, you know, we're, we're I don't want to say stuck with the three, but you know, the, the three is going to be around a, a long, long time.
6: Yeah, I mean, the emphasis on the three, Dan, is not going away. The uh, continued shift toward uh, the three ball over mid-range is not going away. I don't know where we top out. Um, Kirk Goldsberry of ESPN has a phenomenal book on this called sprawl ball where he talks about the logical extremes and whether this eventually has to lead to any number of potential solutions, right? Uh, 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 Moving the three point line even further back. I mean, people like adding the four point line, whatever that do. I'm not sure if that solves the the problem. Um, but what if we removed it? If we removed it entirely, you would have a jammed up court and a uh, boring game and you wouldn't have people slashing to the hoop anymore and nobody would watch. Okay. Um, I, I don't, we're, we're not going back. And the thing is, there are skilled two-point mid-range guys in this league. Kawhi Leonard, Devin Booker, Zach Levine, Kevin Durant. Pretty much actually all of the elite scorers, most of them, are really good in the mid-range. Maybe not James Harden. Um, but a lot of these guys are really good there. But the fact is, if you're great in the mid-range, but the other team is is just a little bit less good, from three point range, as you know, <laughs> you're going to keep losing ground. So as long as somebody's shooting a lot of threes, if the other team has taken 43s and you're taking 10 out of some principled stand in favor of the mid range, uh, you're going to lose because math.
4: Why do you think Steph Curry entered the three point shooting contest?
6: Um, Because why not? Listen, the the, the uh, my colleague, Michael Pignats at SI, I thought like a month ago, had the best idea about the All-Star game, which was just send the all-stars and then have the all-stars do all of the events. In which case, maybe we would have finally gotten LeBron in the dunk contest. Probably not. But maybe Zion? Maybe. Um, I think this was this is uh, efficiency. This was, let's try to invite as few extra bodies as possible. Okay. And Steph is an obvious candidate. And Steph says, eh, I'm there anyway. We're doing it all on the same day. Sure, why not? I mean, that's my guess.
4: Howard, we got to get rid of the skills competition because it feels <laughs> like it's a white guy event. You know, hey, who can throw a, a European white guy and you got a crisp pass that you're going to throw into a net. You're going to dribble around some cones and then somebody maybe will bank in a three. Um, I used to do those drills at summer camp. It was not called a skills competition, Howard. It is not good.
6: Uh, I, I wrote this because they asked us to predict all the events. Um, which is a kind of a goofy exercise in and of itself. And uh, my line on the skills competition was a fun fact. I have never watched this event. <laughs> and Dan, I, I'm, I'm happy to tell you, I did not break my streak last night. I still did not. Watch. I turned it on just in time to see Sabonis accepting the trophy. I went, oh, darn, I missed it again.
4: Yeah, I watched. I watched. And then I kept going, this this isn't really Great skills competition. I think we think, well, there's a seven-footer out there. Well, we're well past a seven-footer who can handle the ball, pass the ball, and shoot the ball. That's the whole league. Yes. Yeah, that's the whole league. <sighs> now, the,
6: the, the fact is, the only event that you can count on year in and year out to be uh, interesting, watchable, fun is the three-point shootout. It yep. is – like, that one is bulletproof, Dan. Yep. The game itself, the All-Star game, eh, most years, eh, uh, The dunk contest last night was terrible. And it's every once every four or five years, we get one that's so electric that we go, okay, it's back. We don't have to kill it. And then a year like this, we go, "Eh, maybe we're out of ideas for the dunk contest. And yeah, the skills competition is just useless.
4: And if LeBron had been in the dunk contest, then I I know the critics would say, oh, I I thought you were going to conserve your energy. Why aren't you conserving your energy? Why don't you let the young guys have the stage? LeBron couldn't win. If he slipped into the dunk contest, it would have been awesome. But the critics would have come out and said, should you be doing that? Shouldn't you conserve your energy? Let somebody else have the spotlight, LeBron.
6: Yeah, maybe. Um, I think at this point, people would have just been thrilled just to see him finally do it. But also, you're not going to do it (laughs) in year 18 at 36. Like the window for LeBron to have done that closed quite a while ago. And I think that's the part of the problem is that the stars of today only see downside. That's it's well, I'm. I, I, you enter the league on day one as a superstar with all these expectations and all this hype and everything. And what happens if you get beaten by, you know, Anthony Simons, you know, Cassius Stanley? Like, you don't want to put yourself in that position. And so I think that's why we don't see the superstars do it anymore as we did back in the day with Jordan or years later with Kobe.
4: He's Howard Beck, he uh, covers the league, Sports Illustrated senior writer. Uh, handicap the second half of the season. Let, let's assume Anthony Davis is healthy. Are the Lakers, when healthy, better than the Nets, when healthy? Ooh,
6: that's a spicy question and a relevant one. I mean, listen, I, I, we, we've got at least a dozen, the dozen, ten, maybe, I don't know, different possible combinations because I think there are four or five teams that could come out of each conference, uh, certainly in the West, maybe three in the East. Um, if it's Nets versus Lakers, I'm still leaning Lakers because we know they can defend and because I don't know what the Nets are doing with Anthony Davis. Now, listen to our earlier discussion. If Anthony Davis is crushing it at the rim, but James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are reigning threes, uh, math might favor the Nets anyway. But can the Nets deal with Anthony Davis? No. Uh, Now, Kevin Durant has some experience playing against LeBron in the finals, and those two will check each other well. But, you know, that because that's the first question I have, Dan, every time we, it's the hypothetical, what about the Jazz versus the Lakers? Can the Jazz make the final? What are they doing with LeBron and Anthony Davis? Like, that's the first question for every opponent. The Nets are so potent offensively. And if they just ratchet up the defense to a respectable level and can place them in the fourth quarter, because if the, if the Nets are within 10 points of you in the fourth quarter, you may already be in trouble. Because all they have to do is decide to play defense for about five minutes and just you know rain threes on you they they're they unguardable they're absolutely unguardable and they have just enough role players who can benefit and hit open threes that trying to guard Durant uh, Harden and Irving at the same time is is an impossibility
4: i was looking at the numbers going into the all-star break points per game league wide 112 points per game is what it's being averaged that's the highest since 1969 when it was 115 points a game I, I tune in and, and I can watch a game not going into overtime and somebody's got 140 points, Howard. And <laughs> like I go, I remember when, when the Knicks and the Cavs, remember when Fratello and Pat Riley nearly ruined the game when they were getting those hey, yes. first team to 90 when uh, Riley was with the Knicks and Fratello with the Cavs? I went, oh my God, look at this. You, you can get that almost at halftime, it feels like, in these NBA games. Is it too much of a good thing?
6: Well, I'll say this, no one's nostalgic for Mike Fratello and Pat Riley ruining the game and slowing things down and having like, you know, 70 to 67 final scores. Um, I, I mean, some people are nostalgic for that NBA. I don't know why they are. It, it, are we too far? Is the pendulum swung too far in the other direction? I think the league asks itself that question all the time. I Like there's some really smart people at Olympic Tower who are constantly wondering about this and, and thinking about it. And, and the earlier discussion we had about how, how far does this three-point binge go? Does it hit a logical extreme where it, where it warps the game too much and we have to try to recalibrate and how do you do that? I think they're thinking about that all the time. I don't think we're at a crisis point yet uh, with the NBA. I think the, the ratings have bounced back really well this year. And you know last year was you know obviously a weird year with the pandemic, the bubble, basketball in the summer, all this stuff. And so as long as people are watching, as long as the the game is fun, I think we're okay. There are always going to be some basketball purists who feel like scores are too high. There's not enough mid-range. There's not enough of, of, you know, diversity within the offense. Fine. But if people are watching, uh, you know, and and the revenue is still pouring in, (laughs) I, I think they're just going to continue on this course.
4: Howard, great to talk to you. We appreciate your time. We'll check in with you during the second half of the season. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Dan. Thank you. That's Howard Beck, Sports Illustrated senior writer, co-host of the Crossover podcast, Sirius XM NBA radio analyst. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live
0: on the Peacock app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for...
2: If I could eat bacon for every meal, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could.
3: You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, Turns out, nope, I was wrong. Hmm. Because then I tried right-brand bacon, and honestly, I was speechless. And you know it takes a lot to get me speechless, Paulie, but it was mind-blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon- His whole life, like it's his job, and I've never tried bacon like this before.
2: We're talking about number one, thick cut, flip your whole world upside down bacon, man.
3: Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice, and you should really just try it for yourself.
2: Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon.
4: Brad Biggs covers the Bears. He's an NFL columnist, and uh, he joins us on loan from the uh, Chicago Tribune. Brad, let me start when you first, the city, learned that Russell Wilson put the Bears on the list. What was the reaction locally to the Bears being in the Final Four? Dan, Dan that,
7: that was, was the, the uh, biggest, biggest quarterback, quarterback news the, the Bears have had, had this, this offseason. Season. You know, you know that, that's, that's the, the best, best quarterback, quarterback Development, development that's that come, come along to them for them in a long, long time. time. The, the hope has, has to be that that, that doesn't, doesn't serve, serve as the highlight of of the season, season for them.
4: Uh, can we uh, hold on, Brad? Because I got a, you got a little bit of an echo there. Let me see if we can fix that. I don't know if you have a volume up on your end uh, with your computer, but uh, we'll, we'll see if we can work on that. Yeah, Paulie. Yeah, I,
2: I told you when it, when it comes to bears. And quarterbacks, things go wrong around
3: it. Mm. You know,
2: even the Zoom call can't mm. be connected the right
3: way. Mm. Did they talk about things just like sort of bouncing around the echo chamber in mm. Chicago right now? That's sort of. Now let me try it again, Brad. How's it sound?
7: Right, you know
4: what? I think we're going to have to wait a little while longer. Let me see. Brad, does that sound in? No, we have to wait. We can't go to him right now. Oh. Right, then we'll hold on. Yeah, and then we'll go to him later.
5: Yes, McLevin. Just like the Bears may have to wait for a solution at quarterback. Mm, hmm. 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 By the way, we could ask Brad, but who's the quarterback if not Russell Wilson? <laughs> Are they run him falls back. I don't know.
4: I don't know how that's going to work there. Uh, let me go to get a couple of phone calls here. and We'll see if we can reestablish a better connection. Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. I ain't following my mom.
3: Motherfucker's stealing airbags. Jeff. <laughs> Gotta go ahead and drop Jeff.
4: Yeah. What
3: the hell's going on? I don't
4: know. I
2: thought we were rolling here. Yeah, Paulie. I'm saying this again. You, you d- d- dipped your toe in the Bears quarterback history and stayed the Bears quarterbacks, and it, everything just cl- crumbles. Should I try another phone call here? If it's, unless it's Mitch Trubisky, nothing's going to work.
4: Um, Austin in Illinois. Hey, Austin, what's on your mind today?
2: Dan, good morning. Good First morning. time, long time. C- calling about the University of Illinois fighting Illini and the Big Ten. Criteria to determine the conference champion. Illinois sitting at 16-4, and four, Michigan 14-3. and three. Michigan holds the percentile 8-4, eight Illinois 800. However, in the win-loss column, Illinois is up a half game. With the uh, owning the owning the head-to-head Illinois beating Michigan, do they have any right to claim my share of the title?
4: Oh, I don't know. Sure, why not? I'm I'm not in a fighting mood today, Austin. But uh, Illinois did roll Michigan. That was impressive. Didn't even have your best player. Yeah, Paul.
2: People are fired up about the Illini. It's been a while. Been a long time. Yeah. That, what's well, up? they have
5: once every decade, don't they? Yeah.
2: Yeah. With the uh, the D Brown team, Darren Williams. Darren team.
5: Williams. Yeah. Yes, McLovin. I think we need to set a ruling on how much Paulie can claim ownership of the mm. Illinois team.
2: It, it's once a decade, I mentioned. Them.
5: Yeah, I, but you were a little late this year. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. And, and you, for good reason. I, I get it.
2: And you went to Southern Illinois. Right. I, and I, I grew up actually a DePaul fan. I was a DePaul basketball fan. Yeah. It's been a while for them.
4: Yeah. I don't know if I can let you go all
2: in on How about they have to make the final four okay. for me to speak about?
4: Final that. four, then you can talk about Illinois basketball. Uh, Brad Biggs is back uh, covering the Chicago Bears for the Chicago Tribune. Uh, Brad, before we were rudely interrupted, uh, the reaction to the city when you realized that you're on Russell Wilson's final four.
7: Yeah, I think it was a, a huge development. Bears fans were fired up. The hope for not only the fans, but the team has to be that the Bears being on this list of four teams that the agent shared with uh, Adam Schefter isn't the highlight of their quarterback developments for this offseason, because if it isn't there, it will probably be disappointment for the Chicago Bears at at Hollis Hall as they try to uh, solve the the seven-decade quest to replace (laughs) Sid Luckman.
4: But... uh, I'm am da- Danny Downer today because I I don't think this happens with the Bears. I don't think Russ is traded this year. But it's it's wishful reporting that we have. There's a lot of hope there. The uh, realistic possibility that Russell Wilson is the Chicago Bears is what a Chicago Bear is what.
7: Well, I I don't think the odds are great for the Bears. I don't because you can come up with a list of uh, reasons why it makes sense for the Bears from now until the end of your show today. I, we could bang our heads against the wall to come up for motivating factors for the Seahawks to, to do this trade. The, Seattle has been a perennial contender with Russell Wilson on the roster. Every season, the Seahawks are in the mix, it, at the minimum, in the NFC West, in the conference, in, in a shot to to vie for a Super Bowl berth. Take him off that roster. I, I don't know what they have, and and I don't know how they replace him in a trade with the Bears. And, and obviously, the Bears can't give Seattle a quarterback that that makes them a contender. Nick Foles won't check that box for them, so they'd have to make a separate move then to to acquire the replacement. And I just don't see it. I mean, what, what would lead Pete Carroll down that path? I, I have a hard time envisioning it. Uh, I'm I'm with you.
4: What about Deshaun Watson? That possibility a month ago, that was the uh, topic in Chicago.
7: Yeah, well, I think what separates the the two guys is that Wilson's camp has come out and put Chicago on a list of just a few teams. Both of the quarterbacks have a no-trade clause, so they can kind of pick and choose a, a potential destination. No one has publicly linked the Bears to Watson besides Bears fans right to this point. So I think that's the big difference uh, there. The Houston situation is uh, completely discombobulated right now. I don't know if anyone has a good guess when there could be uh, some movement or a development there. Both sides are really dug in. So So I think that's what separates the two. Sure, the Bears and Ryan Pace should call Nick Casario and the Texans, two or three times a week and until and tell, Houston tells them to, uh, to buzz off. But I don't know uh, that that's a realistic possibility for the Bears either. And, again, same thing. How do the Bears swing a trade with Houston that puts the Texans in position to replace their 25-year-old star quarterback? Yeah. I, the Bears can't can't do that
4: but you know how this works though Brad we always look at one side of a trade we don't look at the other side which is what is Seattle getting back what would the Texans get back it's hey the Bears with Russell Wilson are they a Super Bowl contender and I always go well yeah they probably would be but let's get back to reality here and what is plan B if you don't land a quarterback via a trade
7: yeah that that's where you know I I've said it's, it's going to plan C. If, if you have Wilson and Watson in some order as A or B, you go to plan C. The most intriguing guy to me for the Bears in that scenario might be Jameis Winston. Drew Brees is yet to retire. Uh, if Drew Brees re- somehow returns to the Saints, I would think that would put Jameis in play for a bunch of these quarterback needy teams and make him an interesting candidate. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick going to continue his career? Will Marcus Mariota be cut and put him in a position where you don't have to trade to acquire him from Las Vegas? Could they have interest in trying to? rehab uh, sam darnold I, that Sam darnold would be a risky proposition for the Bears from the standpoint that the g m Ryan Pace and the coach Matt Nagy, they 're under pressure to to win this season. The word that ownership used was that needed to see progress after consecutive <laughs> uh, eight and eight seasons
4: it, it, it was another p word in there if it 's playoffs is what it is <laughs> brad not yeah. not not progress well, the, well they
7: got they got to the playoffs this year dan they 've got to. Either win in the playoffs or get into the playoffs with a uh, much better record than eight and eight when they when they actually backed into the thing.
4: Is Mitchell Trubisky bad or just not good enough?
7: He's just he needs a he needs a fresh start elsewhere, and the and the Bears need a fresh start. And and you know we probably need some new voices uh, in, in his ear too. He works hard. He's diligent. It didn't happen here. He's got a good record. He's twenty nine and twenty one as a starter. That's a that's a pretty good level of experience for a guy that has been in the league for four years. But I but I think he's going to benefit from uh, a change of scenery.
4: But imagine if the Bears didn't pass on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun oh, Watson, and they they got Mitchell Trubisky like later in the first round. I wonder about the expectation level. I don't know if that would have helped. Well, it probably would have helped. I don't know if it would have helped enough, but it just felt like whatever Mitchell Trubisky did, it always paled in comparison to what Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes did. And as you know, a lot of times you're compared to the person that you were in the draft with, like Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers or Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning. Mitchell Trubisky was never going to be good enough, it felt like.
7: Right, and, and that's why a fresh start elsewhere, while that storyline's still going to follow him wherever he goes, it's, it's not going to be uh, front and center quite as much as it's, it's been here in Chicago where they, where they not only drafted him, ahead of Watson and Mahomes, but traded up to draft them You know, the Bears, so you look at what they've invested in the position, they traded a first-round pick, two-thirds and two-fourths to trade up to get Trubisky and then to acquire Nick Foles in a trade a year ago. Foles is the only one that remains under contract for them. So it's, it's quite a mess for them right now as they hope to somehow get better offensively and win with a defense that they feel uh, remains playoff ready after a second half slump.
4: How about this? You just don't have a quarterback, Brad.
7: No, they don't.
4: No, but they how about have... we just don't have one? Oh, we,
7: we just don't have one. Yeah. Well, uh, we would have to create some new rules for the game, right? Or no, just, just a stop?
4: Wildcat. Just you know, yeah, I just Wildcat. Yeah, I just you know d- d- go Red Grange on them. You know, let's Good just boy. yeah, like, because. <laughs> I, if Nick Foles is going to be your quarterback, or Jameis Winston, and like that's not the momentum you want to have after being a playoff team the previous year, and, and uh...
7: it would put them in a position where there would be little room for error with the moves that they're going to make around the position this offseason. When you look at the free agency which opens uh, next week, and then the draft, they would have to be razor sharp in terms of they brought in some guys. They made some real value buys. They helped out, and they'll have to hit in the draft. Uh, the quarterbacks that are after Watson and Wilson are guys that you can win with, maybe not win because of, and therefore you're going to have to be better around that position.
4: Should be fun, but you know, tamp down these expectation levels, Brian.
7: I'm trying to encourage Bears fans <laughs> not to get too dreamy. <laughs>
4: Tell him to talk about uh, Illinois basketball or Zach Levine or I don't know something else because White
7: Sox are White Sox might be a good story.
4: Yeah, that's it with Tony Larusa, the ageless Tony, the genius Tony Larusa. Brad, thanks for joining us. We appreciate your time. Have a great day. That's Brad Biggs. He covers the Bears for the uh, Chicago Tribune.
0: Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Your credit card should match your
7: lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a
0: year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards and come back to get free coins every four hours only at HighFiveCasino.com. high5casino is a social casino no purchase necessary void were prohibited play responsibly terms and conditions apply see website for details at high the number five casino.com high five
1: casino